0: One hundred point seven FM WHIN ten ten AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at ten AM. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight, Jeff Shannon.
1: Well, good morning. This uh, another edition of Sumner County Spotlight with Jeff Shannon, and we're going to have an enlightening conversation now and i wanted to bring in a a guy he's you know pretty well connected around the hendersonville summer county area and has done quite a bit for this community uh let me introduce to you barry lee and he happened to just find time in his schedule to come over here and talk to us barry thanks for doing it Yes, sir. Good morning, Jeff. Glad to be here. For those that might not know who you are, just tell them about yourself. How'd you get here?
2: My name's Barry Lee, of course. I arrived on the scene here, I think, 2010. Was here a little bit before that. I'm a Nashville native. Wandered to Hendersonville. Saw a need and in a in a place and wanted to put in an expo center, which is, those that don't know really what expo center is, you know, it's a place where you have home shows, boat shows, car mm-hmm. shows, monthly Gun shows, now that's teamwork. out there on Volunteer Drive, on where volunteer Strike and Spare drive. is now, yeah, right? That that's whole correct.
1: You had that whole complex. At uh-huh, that time. We did,
2: but on one end we had Strike and Spare, of course, and then on the other end we had the Hendersonville Expo Center, which okay. was 89,000 square feet. And so that was kind of the initial introduction to Hendersonville and the time to come along to try to make some events happen here.
1: Yeah, so how long did you do the event space?
2: We had the event space open um, about seven years. Okay. A lot of rumors went around why we closed, how we closed, and what went on and what didn't go on. It simply became that we were bringing such big shows here and the tenants became so big that we just didn't have any parking. Yeah. We had twelve hundred parking spaces and yeah. really at some point in time there we needed two, three thousand. But we still made it work, you know, through the through the duration that we did and then had a tenant come along that we wanted to put in the building, and it just worked out that we were able to downsize the Expo Center, put the tenant in
1: okay. part of that space. Now, you're involved in other things as well. Tell them all of your job descriptions. Well, be <laughs> <big> hard. One. <laughs> you know,
2: it's kind of hard to say that because sometimes in some weeks and some months, I'm all over the board yeah, on what yeah. I do and where I do it at, so went through the, the time with the Expo Center and had that, of course, and And on the side, which was really not really a side, it was another full-time, but I did marketing and sponsorships and activations in NASCAR racing. So I did that for...
1: In NASCAR? Yes, for several
2: uh, Cup Series teams and uh, several corporate sponsors. So it just depended on time of the year and what we were doing and how we were doing it and the teams to be involved in. Some people misconstrue that when they hear the word NASCAR. You don't physically work for NASCAR. NASCAR is the, the broad umbrella. Everything else is under it, the teams, the sponsors, and and so forth and so on so that's a that's a whole different game out there so it's nascars nascar indy cars any sure. car yeah that's yeah. that's just kind of the way it is did
1: you have any i don't know dealings or anything but joseph newgarden very little because he was joseph indie. yeah
2: joseph was kind of like taylor swift you know yeah. they were in here and then they <laughs> quietly went out of here and yeah. and rose yeah. to the ranks yeah and uh, joseph's a really good guy and of course from hendersonville and has really put Hendersonville on the map when it comes to Absolutely. racing because you know they say Joseph Newgarden, uh, Hendersonville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they say Tyler Swift, Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, I don't yeah. really say Hendersonville yeah. but it gets there. So that's kind of it and so aside from NASCAR, that arm of it and the Expo Center and, the, of course, the overall building at 90 Volunteer Drive. We put in an event center and dabbled in the side of development for property. So I like to create things and bring property and do activations and those types of things.
1: So you also do events. So you, I mean, big events, That's concerts right. and things of that nature. Yeah. yeah.
2: And so now, of course, we, we opened up Premier Center, which was originally the name of the building itself, which is 320,000 square feet over there on Volunteer Drive. So we did Premier Center for the lack of a name. Uh, we wanted to open up the, the wedding venue with the, with the banquet hall reception hall and the rooms in between and so we worked on that pretty diligently through covid just happened to be the time we we didn't do it because of covid we worked through that so then once we did that we put in to where now we can have banquets and weddings and lunches and meetings and so forth and so on and so it's um you know it's the biggest space here we can hold 450 people there's no other venue yeah. north of Nashville and literally. you got a stage in there there's a stage yeah. in there we Get have you. two stages we have a stage in the in the banquet hall, that's a large stage, fifty uh, foot stage. We have a smaller stage in the what we would call a chapel side. It's not really structured or set up to be just a chapel. It can be a meeting space mm-hmm. or whatever. Okay,
1: so I guess you can handle all kind of events in there.
2: Oh yeah, we've already had you know some bands there. Some big name bands have rehearsed in there that's quietly, and we've had weddings and banquets and luncheons and meetings. In fact, right now, you know, um, this week we've hosted but Hendersonville, the Hendersonville Parks. Um, maintenance department so they've got maintenance people that's come to town from portland and other cities around i saw yeah. trucks over there and so mm-hmm. they they brought in people for some maintenance training for two days and so that's kind of a big thing you know it's exciting to bring other cities to see what we have in our city sure um and some you know sometimes that's always a little bit better for us to shine so from the event center side uh, i will say we've been known as premier center a lot of people still refer to that building as the Expo, mm-hmm. but Expo was just one portion of the building. So now the the venue now, we have rebranded it. There's been a, a director brought in, a manager, if you will, that's going to take over. So Randall's out in the community now doing because I simply don't have time day to day. And so Randall will be doing that. We've changed the name, so we're branding it now as Bella Plaza. Uh So that'll be the name you'll hear around. So we'll, what
1: is Bella Palaza? Bella
2: Plaza. So we'll, we'll kind of affectionately... <laughs> Refer, refer to it i, I suppose as bella uh, you know it's kind of way it is so I'm on the bella <laughs> well i
1: gotta say i mean it's, it's different than anything else here in the area for sure i mean it's very classy i mean i love the the lighting you have just the the overall feel of it but it, if you're doing a, a, a upscale event that's the place you want to go
2: that's right we can do upscale about as far as you can go and we can we can do downscale don't you know don't get it wrong so that's if you right. just have a you know birthday party or banquet or you want a 50th anniversary we've got a few of those booked you know we're we're there for it. We've got dance recitals we've had. We've got some church functions we've had. And, you know there's so there's several things we got a really big dinner we're we're getting ready to have. And just this year we had, or last year I guess now, but we had probably our largest crowd was we had 750 people, mm-hmm. 450 capacity space, yeah. but both rooms, so the whole space we we hosted BCR's Christmas party this year was really big, mm-hmm. and so that was a, that was exciting.
1: Now, is there a full kitchen in there? Or just There's they not bring a full your, kitchen. So you we bring have, your own caterer. We have a whatever. catering
2: kitchen, so we're open right now. That okay. If you do your event, then we let you bring your caterer. You have a preferred okay. caterer. Yeah. We're, we're not restricting that. We're strictly in the business of, for that venue, is to let you come and kind of have it your way. so we we rent you the space beyond the space we'll now do chairs and tables to a certain degree but then you're free to pick your dj pick your band pick your bartender pick your caterer which is important because some people just don't want any any old caterer they want their caterer
1: and you have enough uh, like a load-in space where they can load in them we have a a catering
2: room which is we have overhead door okay just like a garage door we have that and then big openings so it's Load in and out is very simple there, and everything's pretty pretty convenient.
1: So, if uh, Taylor Swift wanted to come set up her concert there, you you can you can accommodate that. Well, I doubt <laughs> we'd probably
2: set up front house. That's about it. <laughs> That's true Maybe her drum riser. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we could uh, set up anything else. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's great to have that facility here because that that space over there. You know, back when you had it at the Expo Center, we came in as I guess you were transitioning out of that space, uh, out of the the event space. And so when did Strike and Spare come in to where it's at now?
2: Well, the the history there, of course, that was Globe Manufacturing. So I'll give you a little backstory. So okay. that was Globe Manufacturing for many years. They were manufactured office furniture, metal office furniture, uh, for years there. That was also, previous to that was houseboats. They built houseboats in there. And so then it kind of grew from there, and they built the building to what it was, and it went in ear repair and sat and so Dennis Brandon came along and decided that hey I think I can renovate that and I'm going to see if I can get a purchase on it and so he did and did his thing over there for a year or so and then suddenly I'm looking for a need for an expo center and tour around up here and look around and mm-hmm. find that big building not knowing really what's on the other side you know to to step into yeah and of course it stepped into a, a huge project it's been a big project so we have not only did we do the expo and the Strike and Spare so to your question I think it was probably late 2010 2011 of course Strike and Spare was on Main Street where Holder's Family Fund Center is at now they were there and lease was ending and so I convinced Larry Smiddoe to come take a look and he came over and decided okay I think I can be here and so that was the that was kind of the start of it and we worked diligently he had two conditions and one was we open in 88 days, 90 days it was the limit he gave us, and that he get to be having his first leagues for the fall. And so <laughs> we we got to do that, and so we built out strike and spare in 88 well, days.
1: One of my kids, every time there's a birthday party, guess where it's at. Yeah. Strike and spare—it's it, it, every single time. That's where they go. Well, I mean, the place stays busy all the time. I mean, it, it's a great place for kids to go. There's all kind of things. You got bowling, you got all the games and other creative things in there. So it's it's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, they've done a good job down there. We added tenants to the building. You know, we have Navient Call Center in there. Okay. um We had three phases of that, and then uh, Patriot Angels, as well as we we have Cabinet Shop. We had a boutique in there that people. Didn't really realize it was warehouse, not mm, okay. not a walk-in boutique. Right. Um, we have a cabinet shop there now that builds cabinets. We're, we're getting ready to open. We're not. We have a tenant that's opening a brand-new dance studio in there. So people, you know, that wants their child to dance, come on over and talk to them there. Yeah. Um, can't tell you too much information about it because it's not <laughs> my forte. But, <laughs> yeah. but they're there. They're they're uh, going to be open in just a few weeks.
1: Now, is there not a uh, – the out parcel out there, a NASCAR – company or somebody that cruising
2: sports in? is next door okay um and Cruising sports is a nascar related they're a chevrolet boutique that prints and manufactures just about all the merchandise that you see around the country that has chevrolet products wow. on it, chevrolet racing it's all done there they have merchandise trailers big trailers that travel to all the nascar races so we're kind of all tied together there from the mm-hmm. racing side of it and as everybody knows, it's NASCAR fans. The season's getting ready to kick off, so we're all about yeah, to head to Daytona just in a
1: couple of weeks. Tell everybody, explain to them what your involvement is with the NASCAR. I know you said something about it. But can break it down a little bit.
2: So to kind of break that por- portion down, it's a to me it's a simple process. Just because I've done it for so long, but it just becomes that when when a corporation either is interested in being a sponsor in NASCAR or it's our job to get them interested. So, if so we, they sponsor a car. They sponsor They could sponsor, you know, they could be an official sponsor of NASCAR itself. But for the most part, what, what I like to be involved in and tied to is the driver team, uh, that type of relationship owners of the teams, because, course that's where the money's at mm-hmm. to say the least because we all want to make money we all have to make a living it's exciting it's fun you know to be around that type of sport in that type of event and be in the garage and be where it's at yeah um so well, there's, if, you've,
1: if you've ever been to daytona let me tell you something that's an experience and if you're down there by the fence when those cars go by which oh, they yeah, don't really amazing. let you get too close but it'll blow you off yeah, <laughs> that it's thing amazing. is incredible i yeah. would
2: encourage him you, you know people <laughs> people in our town in our region Nashville Super Speedway, of course, it sells out now, but Mm -hmm. um, it's exciting out there. There's a lot of exciting things going. If you can't get a ticket in stands, there's always places to be in and around there. There's Mm -hmm. lots of standing room, lots of places you can set a lawn chair, those types of things. And they have done a tremendous job out there. Of course, that was not giving them a plug, just they're in our backyard. Sure. But they've uh, done a tremendous job bringing that track back alive from sitting there for a decade, for 10 years. Yeah, I know
1: they're getting a lot of pushback from surrounding areas and residents, which... Hello. Well, they're getting a lot of
2: things built in on top of them. <laughs> Amazon and everything else is building around them, but yeah. they they have a, you know, exciting schedule out there. It's phenomenal to have a sport that big. Yeah. NASCAR's not for everybody, but NFL's not for everybody either. That's right. You know, that's so right. it's it's what you like and what you do and, you know, it's a it's a good fun time. It's an outside type of thing, so sometimes it's hot. Yeah. It's very rare is it cool out that's, there in June, right. but yeah. those folks have done a great job, you know, I got to say that when they brought Eric Moses in, he had no racing background, and he, he did a tremendous job getting that track going.
1: Hey, we're going to take a real quick break here, Barry. Uh, we are speaking with Barry Lee, and uh, he's a creative consultant. That kind of encompasses everything. I guess that he does, but in, in a simplified form. So, But we'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. And we're back with more of Sumner County Spotlight uh, with Jeff Shannon. We're going to continue our conversation with our creative consultant, Barry Lee. And Barry, you are just involved in tons of things. There's a couple new uh, developments that you're working on. Can you reveal anything? Well, Yeah.
2: I mean, mean, you know, it's come when I've taken um a... step away from the event center you know it's opened me up to be able to do some of the things that i'm passionate about for Hendersonville which is bringing the things here that people truly want and need and things that of course we can stand from i'll use the term loosely growth people don't seem to like growth but you know it's here we're going to do it we all want more restaurants we want the certain restaurants we right. don't want just another as everybody seems to say you know another chicken place another mexican place we all love those places mm-hmm. obviously because we all eat at them we're in the process of the initial stages we have all the building designed um, all the blueprints are done the site's picked which is at exit 7 which is oh. Indian Lake exit so it's
1: Drake's right there Creek. so if you're coming uh, heading towards gueltzville on 386 you get off the ramp at indian lake and it's right in front of you right in front of you that's right correct. there wow yeah, if you're
2: going okay. uh, i believe that's south i think So would the
1: entrance be right there if you just keep going straight off the ramp? Well, that's going to depend on TDOT. Okay.
2: You know, that's a state thing because well, that's good luck deal. with them <laughs> but um hopefully they will see the need that we wanted at the intersection the okay. entry they, they have to allow an entrance you know it's a seven sure. acre property yeah. we're going to um, take a different approach we have all the restaurants if you will signed up i mean there's 15 different restaurants that want to be here that's more of an east nashville type of flare east nashville germantown okay those types of wow. things all right what's it, um, it going to be called it's going to be right now, right now the working <laughs> title is the food hall so okay. we're kind of keeping it down to not specific to one brand or one okay. local brand. So we're um, we're working on that. It's four restaurants. It's got a covered pavilion, if you will. So you can sit out under that, order from one of any of the four restaurants. So when you make your order, if your kids are with you and, and if they want one food item, they can order it from that place. And if you want a different food okay. item, you can order from there. And the waitresses in each of the places know okay. they're at table six in the pavilion okay and so it all comes to there so it's a one stop shop with multiple food options and then we're, we're um, going to add probably a fudge shop uh, okay. that's in there it's seven acres so there's a lot more that can be added there that we're going to kind of work with and make it a little better approach
1: so you're going to have I, I saw something about rooftops you have rooftops, is there rooftop bar or it's just not going to be restaurant.
2: specifically a rooftop bar okay it's more of a rooftop patio okay. so if you're you go in the restaurants no different than if you I, I won't even use Lower Broadway from Nashville because those are typically rooftop bars because their mm-hmm. their okay. food to alcohol ratio is exactly. not what it is yeah. uh, for a restaurant. So it's more of, you know, if your family comes, it's a pretty day Why you want to sit inside. So instead of going out on a patio, we can increase the space. Both of the two rooftop patios are 1,800 square feet, so they're pretty good size. Will and they have bars there? I mean, you know, the it, it, bars it, I, will be there just like oh, they okay. are if you go to Sam's or, or Jonathan's or, you know, any place like that okay, or any right, of right. the other restaurants okay, here that okay, have alcohol. That's right. The bars are there just because you know you got to you got to serve the alcohol
1: so the um, one thing that i'm asking we got to have live music any chance that might happen well we
2: do have a, a stage in under the pavilion okay um there be music one of the locations inside and i'm not at a point that we can say who right. the tenants are but uh, one of them are is a little bit bigger than the other three and they're going to have songwriter type music okay. inside so it'll be you know a piano or Sure. or a person with a guitar right. or just somebody going along. But it's, it was all kind of set in stone. And then once I made the little announcement, <laughs> I started getting some people out of the woodwork that sure. was very interesting that we never had talked to before. So okay. some exciting things. There's a lot of people that you don't really think about that want to bring a local flair restaurant type thing to so Harrisville. It's,
1: so it's not going to be you're going to have a McDonald's and a Wendy's. These no. are going to be like real kind of restaurants. No Old so.
2: Charlie's, no, right. no okay. change per se. Okay. So it. it's nothing to do with that. It's more, I'd hate to really even compare because it might give something away but you know it's more of again more of an east nashville germantown gulch kind of thing it's just it's not the high-end foods i would if okay. We right. we're going to have some good choices of food, but you know, it's not another chicken place. So have it's you have another. you
1: started doing any renderings yet or is still in the Renderings are complete. Everything okay, is complete. Really? So
2: the renderings um renderings are done. The I'm not going to say approvals because we're in that process. We, okay, so you are dealing with the city now. We got to so slow down a yeah. little because we we do have to rezone the property, of okay. course. Um there's some issues there because there's some some road work going to be done on Drake's Creek to okay. get that out of the Which water Which is probably needed, I must yeah, say. Drake's Creek stop yeah. 30 is probably one of the first places yeah. in Hendersonville yeah. that floods yeah and it gets on the roads so they're they are addressing that that's okay. a process that has to take its course
1: now as a as a complex would they have because of that coming in there are they going to impose like impact fees or things like that I don't know what if Hendersonville does that you yeah. know
2: that's that's on they the engineering side yeah, yeah. where they their part is that I I'm I'm more on the creative side when this was thought up and brought up it you know it became okay this is this is the new concept. This is the way it is. It's okay. not a new concept per se. It's a new concept for us. It's mm-hmm. new to Hendersonville, It's sure. new to Sumner County. But I think the people of Sumner County and Hendersonville are more receptive to that because we see some of these places that come in like that—the Jonathan's, the Sams, mm-hmm. the the places like that—that that people love. You know, Moby Dickies, those types of things. They have great businesses and great business business models. So we want to just kind of keep growing off of that okay. and keep the city moving to where we don't have to go to Nashville
1: again. Let me ask you, you this things. on the back side of the property is that creek back up against where you would be the building right
2: at the property so yes.
1: would that be trimmed back to you can actually see and enjoy yeah. it or is there limitations on what yeah, you Yeah, no, well
2: there's obviously there's limitations sure. anytime you get around a creek because mm-hmm. they don't want to they don't want to create anything that's going to stop the flow of water in the mm-hmm. creek which mm-hmm. rightly we, we don't have a problem with that it's just when that property was back available it wasn't available at first. We tried to put it there originally, and they were under contract. Um, that contract changed, and so we were able to come back to there. We had moved to a different location and was working through that process. Okay. And got a phone call to say, "Hey, we've
1: got that." Well, I mean, that, I'm I'm excited about it. So something
2: else that's really exciting. Don't mean to step in, but I do want to kind of put this out because the new sport trend is, do you know hockey? No, no pickleball. Oh, that's, you know, so, I was,
1: <laughs> that was my next step. Pickleball to you with that. is,
2: you know, tremendous growth. I think pickleball is here to stay. We got a new exciting thing that we're working with, okay. with. Pickleball, food, it's not just going and playing pickleball.
1: Well, I was talking to Andy Gilly last month and we, we mentioned pickleball and, you know, such a big trend, right? It's the hottest thing going. And I said how they were going to implement the courts and things like that. So that, that's a, you know, planning process and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. But, so this would be announced. a standalone kind of pickleball oh, it's facility. A business,
2: you know, it's a business model itself, you know. Okay. Like top golf, you know, yeah. we have top golf. We have several businesses like that around the country, okay. and so again, it's not something new. It's new to new to Hendersonville. It's new and exciting, you and know. I think pickleball is here to stay. It's just like hockey. You know, if they can get the hockey complex up off the ground, that's going to be a tremendous sure place will. at the goat farm there. You know, would love that. Yeah. Um, so it's just that. And so I'm looking at some different things. You know, I've started the, with my investment group. We've started MB3 Development Corp now. So that's that's our company name. So we've got some things in the pipeline and we're open for people to reach out and say, hey, you know, we, we're kind of interested in this side. You know, what can we do to that? My business model, you know, I, I'm more in the create, design, build yep. stage okay. because there's not too much I can't, Create for you is not too much. I can't get built for you, Mm -hmm. and certainly we can design it. So we kind of stay on that model, and it's
1: uh, it's been good for that. In regards to the music side of the business, entertainment business, uh, we've had recently, you know, the big Music City Studios trying to get in here, and you know, in any project that big, you're going to run into hurdles, you're going to have issues. We we understand that. How how much are you involved in other aspects of the creative entertainment industry?
2: Well, the process of that, I'm involved in some set designs and stage designs and out you know for tours, uh, those types of things, and so we build set pieces and and uh, create set pieces and do that type of thing. Music City Studios, me of hundreds of others, love to have that here because mm-hmm. it's something that something else that'll be in my backyard that I can yeah. work with and work for. And I think those guys will, will make that happen. It's just a process. It's sure. it's such a big deal that it's it's going to be a process. It's an investment. It's sure. it's um not one person's money but multiple people. And so you know you you have to take it kind of as it goes. It's just like you know we were we were talking um, during the break Texas Roadhouse was project that they wanted to move and I was involved in the property uh, there mm-hmm. for Jonathan's and Fairfield and and now of course where Texas Roadhouse is at mm-hmm. and uh, we're working towards the next hotel that's gonna be right beside there okay um, but the so- that they're attached. Everything's the attached, attached there, it, so the yeah. property was one size and then we broke it off okay um, with the with the partnership group that I was in and put in Jonathans. Jonathan's came to town and mm-hmm. then Fairfield did the Fairfield and mm-hmm. through that same ownership group and then I started conversations with Texas Roadhouse about moving and going to that location. Of course, it just recently opened and it's busy as can <laughs> be packed. and not you can't more. get in there <laughs> yeah. and, uh, so let so, me ha-
1: let me ask you this one quick keep, keep your thought so why would they want to move from glenbrook over to here
2: well they're they're no different than anybody that's a tenant Mm -hmm. so to speak so when you're a tenant somewhere you either have a lease expiration and or or a lease negotiation or a renegotiation, if you Mm -hmm. will um that was a unique deal over there but the terms didn't work they wanted to upgrade their restaurant because it was so busy in glenbrook so they wanted to make sure that they brought the bigger better of their models which it is it's Mm -hmm. it's much more open in there if you've been there parking i'll say is is not busy i won't say anything more than that but it's busy <laughs> but we did add more parking spaces than was required okay still not enough but you you know you have jonathan's there you've got Texas roadhouse now mm-hmm. and, you, and you also you know starbucks is in the same vicinity yeah, yeah. so and it's of course sam's club so you've got a lot going on right there but that's everywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't you can't prevent that. You can minimize it a little bit, but at the same time, we're at a major exit, you know, that half of Hendersonville that comes back to town is getting off at exit 7. Sure. But I will say since we started doing the Texas Roadhouse project, I did see how many people actually passed exit 7. <laughs> so it's going on to exit 8, exit 9 yeah, and yeah, beyond. Yeah. So yep. so this, you know, Sumner County as a whole has really the growth has just been tremendous.
1: Well, I know, you know, Kathleen over the chamber is really excited about keeping jobs local. And with all these new facilities coming in, the food hall, music city studios, these other things that that are in the forecast, I know it's gonna be a great thing and people would just love not have to drive downtown anymore. They just stay right here in Sumner County. Now some jobs you can't do that, but still if you watch the traffic leaving Sumner County in the mornings, it's like what?
2: Yeah, that's right. I mean that's and that's gonna be anywhere, you know, any any community outside of Nashville you know it's a nightmare in the mornings and mm-hmm. nightmare in the afternoons mm-hmm. but you know that's a part of being in a community that's outside a major city because nashville you know is now a major city i grew sure. up there so i've seen yeah. the big change uh, that it's had and i've seen the big change just in hendersville in four years five years
1: now this it's- has nothing to do with us but what about that stupid iron plant that recycling thing right there downtown big eyesore i know it's a big money maker you know that's psc of course are they uh, i heard it was going away
2: well you know the the thing i know a little bit about that because i had a development that that a lot of people here saw and knew about I, i created this giant ferris wheel that's in the shape of a guitar and created a development called honky donk boardwalk which was for nashville for the east bank yeah and we had a lot of conversations with psc and the powers to be if you will psc would move tomorrow if they could get the same infrastructure that they have there upriver, downriver, they don't really care, just as long as they you're not mm-hmm. taken away from their business model because if you really look at how that operates, it is an ugly eyesore. I mean yeah. I, I grew up here back in the days <laughs> when I was a kid, you know, they built barges there and we loved the fact when they launched a the bar we were set on the downtown side and Watch the again. water would just drown you when they slid a barge off on the east bank yeah. and it went in the, the water would splash all up on the other side so it was it was our first original water park as we like to say but That's um PSC in in that area they they're they're not trying to be bad neighbors you know they you just can't take away their money i mean they mm-hmm. There I are mean, billionaires behind scrap metal, and yeah. you know it's a necessity that we need. But they have to have that close proximity to the river because mm-hmm. that stuff goes across the street and onto those barges yeah. every day, day yeah. in and day out. So a lot of people don't really see how that inner workings of the PSC works. Plus, you know, I, I got to say that you know there's a lot of people that depend on PSC for a living, from the scrappers to the to the people that actually work in there. Sure, that's yeah. a that's a huge deal. Wow. You know? Well but I like anybody else. I'd I'd love to see it move away and some things come. And I think yeah. with the new stadium project that's in the works, I believe that'll happen. Yeah. And they'll that'll help that side and they'll they'll grow it up. Yeah.
1: I'm just so excited you were able to come in and, and talk about a lot of this. I mean, I know it's, I know it's massive. It's a massive undertaking. As long as you can get great things here in Hendersonville and, and people are always looking for something, you're, you're kind of in the, in the forefront of that and keeping an eye on that. Keep doing what you're doing, I guess, and uh, hopefully a lot of these projects will come to fruition and we can get things rolling and make things happen here in Hendersonville and Sumner County.
2: Well, you got to open your mouth and talk. That's it. You know, if you think you need something here, you know, pick up the phone, talk to people because you well, never know who might want to come here or who you might influence to want to come here because sometimes your community is, you know, is hidden to the public. They just see Hendersonville on a map and they don't know anything about Hendersonville. Right. And, and you mentioned Kathleen, you know, that's that's her job. She's putting the word out. She's trying to get the, the people here. Very young at tourism is yep. trying to do the same thing. And, and there's others. There's people like me that's, you know, everyday average citizens just, trying to keep um, moving along and Hendersonville is my house I've traveled right. forever and NASCAR is a you know, is a never ending road 60, 36 weeks a year and so you want to try to stay at home as much as you can and, and I'll throw in especially having a new little grandbaby I got Ooh, yeah. a two month old grandbaby that we just love and adore and I don't want to be away from that. And so, oh, absolutely! You know, I'm thankful to have that and, and blessed, and, well, and happy to have that. So, I, you know, I want to stay home a little more. So, if I can help anybody in the community if they're struggling, I've got a couple of businesses that have reached out okay. from the creative side and said, "Hey, look, we got some ideas, but you know, you seem to be able to create some things, and so let us bring you in."
1: Keep doing what you're doing, Barry. If if you weren't just if you weren't so shy, you might get some stuff done. Yeah. I'm just saying.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty shy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we were talking with Barry Lee. He's he's doing the creative consultant. Extraordinaire. So, hey, listen, stick around. We'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at WHINradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at Jeff at WHINradio.com. And we're back with Sumner County Spotlight. We're going to continue the spotlight. I wanted to bring a new guest, and I I, I thought everybody really needs to know about this organization and some of the great things that they are doing. And I've discovered this organization back in 2017, which is actually when they started. And I want to bring in Chuck Swan. He's with the Sumner County Fire Buffs Rehab 83 okay so chuck uh, thanks so much for first of all coming in because i know you're you're really slammed (laughs) with what you're doing on on your day job if you will please let everybody know who you are give a little background and let's let's find out what the
0: fire buffs are all about well thank you for inviting us to talk about our organization and and uh, what it means to the county that we support so much yeah my name is chuck swan uh probably three-fourths of Hendersonville knows who I am. I've been here (laughs) almost all my life. Wow! Uh, Just a few years ago uh, when I retired from the fire department here and moved out. Still very active within this city and programs and uh, different things. Went to high school here, of course, and then uh, spent 30 years, a little over 30 years with the fire department here. Retired as a fire marshal in 2016. Uh, Went to work and have been teaching for the fire academy in the codes department area Mm -hmm. uh, ever since then. And then recently uh, went back to work, couldn't stand it, and so I'm back to Metro Fire this time as a plans examiner.
1: So were you down in the trenches with Scotty? Oh, yes. Yeah.
0: Look. Yeah, Scotty and I worked uh, <laughs> close together for, oh, 20-plus years. Isn't
1: that wild? Yeah. Well, of course, we're talking about Chief Scotty Bush uh, with the Hendersville Fire Department, and what a great guy. I yeah. mean... But you know what? I think it's it's the personnel that really make the department. And I know with the police department and the fire department, it's it's a stellar department. And you got great folks. And
0: yeah, the the fire department. We have all kinds of history with the fire department. But one thing, a lot of people compare us to military. They always call us paramilitary. Mm-hmm. It's the brother sisterhood that we have with each other. Uh, what a lot of people don't understand is that we cry together. We work together. We laugh together. We live together, mm-hmm. you know, a third of our lives. Every third day we're we're with each other. So you have a bond that's unique that hardly any other workforce has. Exactly. And uh, yeah, everybody's great friends and just close and, and got each other's back. And like I said, it's kind of like a military thing sometimes.
1: Yeah. yeah well, in, in the police department, they call it blue, your blood running blue. Yep. But I was saying the fire department is blonde, rolling red. Well, it's already red. It's so. already
0: red. <laughs> It's just a little brighter. A little brighter. Yeah. A little brighter. I, I
1: like that. You're, you're back in the day. You're you know coming up through the ranks, and you, you probably held all the different positions.
0: Uh, yeah, I worked my way up to what we called senior firefighter at the time. Then become fire captain. Was stationed at Station uh, Three off of Benita Parkway. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, from there, uh, I had I had obtained my inspector, fire inspector, years ago. Uh, even before I was a captain, and uh, actually turned down a promotion for that, so I could make captain, I wanted to pay my dues and all the all the aspects. So I did. I eventually, become fire marshal, and which was what my goal was to begin with. So uh, when I retired out, was, I was where I was supposed to be. So. Oh,
1: absolutely. So, what does a fire marshal
0: do? So fire marshals are are they wear many hats for one thing. They're in charge uh, usually of all fire codes and decisions that are made with those fire codes. Uh, because not everything is black and white. There are some some gray areas that that have to be somebody has to make a decision on so usually your chief building official in your city along with the fire marshal if it has something to do with fire they they make those decisions fire inspections of course is probably up there at the top that's what everybody Mm -hmm. you know when they think of a fire marshal they think of fire inspections and so that's the majority of it uh plan reviews which i do now for metro we do fire plan reviews so there's things that we want to see on the front end things like access where the hydrants are things that most people wouldn't wouldn't mm-hmm. think about it, but we have to, you know, we got big trucks and we got to figure out a way to get them in there close enough where we can do what we need to do. Other things is uh, fire marshals are in charge a lot of times of their training areas, also public education, risk assessments, all, all sorts of things like wow. that. Fire marshals are <laughs> you're busy. They're busy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so if, if somebody's putting in a new business, let's say they're coming in, you have to come in and say, this is not up to code. You know, you got to change this sprinkler systems. I know that was a real big thing for a while. That yes. A lot of places weren't even sprinklered, right. but now I think they've changed. Codes and things like, and everybody's probably different, but you got to learn all this stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, I refer to our books as a Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you know, when you read the Bible, sometimes if you just hear a scripture, it doesn't mean a lot. You have to yeah. read a lot before it and a lot behind sure. it to figure out what what the context is. Well, the code book is the same way. Somebody writes a code, and that code, unfortunately, is usually written at either what we call blood. Unfortunately, if something bad happened, mm-hmm. we wrote a code for it. Or it, it money. So lobbyists and the special interest groups, all of them have mm-hmm. a say in it too. But, but uh, you can't just understand a code. Sometimes you have to have a little. So you got to. Yeah, it's a lot of research.
1: Well, uh, and, it, and it's it's like legalese. You know, it's said these attorneys or whoever they write this stuff, and it's like. What are they saying? Just yes. say it in plain English so I can
0: <laughs> Well, <laughs> I
1: like statutes and things like that. Come on,
0: people. <laughs> you know, our job as, as, as fire code officials is we have to take that information, we have to decipher it, understand it so that I can come and explain it to you because you're not in the fire business, you're in the money-making business, the service industry, the healthcare industry, and whatever. You don't think about fire stuff. That's our job. So we have to be able to present it in a way that, you know, when I teach classes and I teach brand new inspectors, one of the things I teach them is I have a show of hands. I say, how many of you like to be told what to do? Of course, nobody raises their hands. And I tell them, I make a joke. I say, well, I know some of you're lying because you're married. So I know you like to be told what to (laughs) do. But uh, I said, well, if you don't like to be told what to do, then why would you walk into Somebody's business and tell them what they're going to do. I see. So they're our customers and we have to give customer service. So it's way different than it was 30 years ago. You know, that wasn't the case. You did it or else. Mm-hmm. And that was the mentality. But I think the fire service in general, especially in the code side, realize how important those codes are. You know, in our we love to fight fire, there ain't no doubt about that. But mm-hmm. if we can prevent it from ever happening, then nobody loses anything, nobody gets right. hurt, nobody dies. Firemen get to go home to their families. We've won. So sure. You know that that's the reason that we do that.
1: Well, it's a definitely a hard job and a lot of hours, a lot of training, a lot of school let me a lot you of something. training. You know, I was I, most people know, listen to the show know I was in law enforcement for a while, but let me tell you something: the training that the firefighters go through, it'll knock you down. I mean, that is some hard stuff yes. that you guys have to continually train. Not just mm-hmm. you know a PT test. I mean, this is ongoing yes. kind of thing, and you know, learning all of these different procedures and and things you have wearing full gear while climbing and that's
0: amazing to me yeah you got to be in shape sometimes we call it sucking it up and and just do the job that's right that's what we do so
1: yeah just throwing it out here any uh scotty bush stories we can
0: tell over the years that hmm i would but if i told any scotty would probably hunt me (laughs) down down. (laughs) before this afternoon's over with uh but uh oh we've just had some fun through the years it's just uh we were both jokesters with each other, and you know, we we just really are close. Always were, and uh, almost like brothers. Really, mm-hmm. I went to school with his older brother, and. Went to church with them for a short time yeah. er, early in my life. And, yeah. and you know, I've known their family for ever and a day and, you know, always thought the world of them. And, but, yeah, no, I'm going I'm to save the stories. Uh, when well, we're not aired, I might tell you a couple, but no, not on air. Not well, going to do it. I'm not, I will tell
1: you, I, it's, he's one of the guys that you just always remember and respect mm-hmm. because he's real. Yeah. He, he's not going to blow smoke. He's going to tell you how it is. And he's really genuine and nice, and he's very approachable for the community and everything else. He's got a great personality. I'm, I'm just so glad he's doing such great things over there because yeah. he's really, really doing a great job at the department.
0: Yeah, he really has. I mean, the, the department's done well. They got that new fire hall finally over at Station 2, and uh, they've got good equipment. He's taking care of the guys, and that's that's what you want. There the you team, go. Is to take, care of, take care of those folks that work for you and, and then take care of the city, you know, and, and he does well on that.
1: You were with Hendersonville for how long?
0: Uh, just a tad over 30 years.
1: So then you just say, well, I'm going to retire. It's time to hang it up. And you made that decision. And you were telling me the story. So then then what happened?
0: I said when I retired, I wanted to give back to a career that gave to me. So I've always been a supporter of our Tennessee Fire Codes Academy down in Bedford County. Uh, down around Chevyville. So I decided when I retired, I was already teaching a little bit with them. So I decided that's what I wanted to do. Because when I became an inspector, nobody taught me how to be an inspector. All they taught me was how to pass Mm tests. So I became an inspector, but didn't know how to inspect. (laughs) So they had created a class that uh, I eventually took over. I have for the last, I guess, five or six years been pretty much the only person that taught a certification for you to get your state certification for fire inspector one and two uh you came through the academy or you could go other places even out of state but mm-hmm. uh if you went to the academy we we could get you through the certification program so i not only teach how to prepare for the test mm-hmm. but i teach you how to navigate the code that's one thing you got to understand it or you can't absolutely you, can't, you yeah. can't explain to nobody but we also go a step further and teach you how to inspect and no one ever did that for me so for the last 6 or 7 years that's what i did i promised them 5 years of my service <laughs> I've been with them seven, it'll be seven years in March. So I've outdone that. So
1: you know what retire means? I
0: do not.
1: (laughs) I I was going to say that. I do not (laughs) know what that means.
0: I really don't. It's
1: Uh, a, yeah, it's a word. That's about it.
0: it, Yeah. (laughs) I I believe either my, my body and health will tell me one day or the Lord will tell me one one or the other is going to happen.
1: You've kind of retired. You've started teaching things like that. Then, then, then all of a sudden.
0: Yeah, that goes with the retirement too. Uh, <laughs> I ended up on a couple of board of directors for some nonprofit stuff that I've always done. And then Mark Harrington come into my life. Mm-hmm. I, I'd known him, but he pops in with this idea and has a handful of us. And he says, oh, if I got something for you, Mr. Retired. <laughs> yeah. And here we are about, about what, five, six years later. So Yeah.
1: And then that was the beginning of Sumner County Fire Buffs. That's correct. This organization that, that you guys have been involved with and like I said, you've been there since the beginning. I, I was just so impressed when I when I learned about this from Mark, you know, back in twenty seventeen ish, I guess. It was like, Wow, what a great idea. And why hasn't this been
0: done before? You know what I mean? It's like it's one of those things, it's it's almost comical. It's not, but it's uh, people see our rehab name and they're like, What do you re- y'all-? no, we don't go around picking up people on the street. That's yeah, not what we yeah. do. We rehabilitate. From a health standpoint, we try to hydrate, nourish, keep them warm, keep them, you know, cool down, whatever it takes to rehab fire, police, and EMS on long extended scenes, especially doing harsh environments mm-hmm. weather-wise, mm-hmm. so that they can continue to do the job, get the job done, and hopefully go back and be well and safe at the at the hall. That was the whole concept of, of what we did. When I grew up in the fire service, we would be lucky if one of the local restaurants here in Hendersonville would maybe bring us some coffee or Bring us some you know, water or occasionally crystals might bring us crystals or mm-hmm. dominoes would bring us a pizza or something mm-hmm. while we were working. We just didn't have that. Right. Uh, and for years now, for 70 plus years, I believe, uh, Metro has had Box 55. Uh, a lot of people know them. They're well known all throughout the, the area down here and we've used those in Hendersonville for years, and and they still use them occasionally up here. But Mark had the idea, you know, when you're in a bigger city like Hendersonville, Galton, and such, and you got paid departments, you are in cities that have restaurants. You you have resources, Mm -hmm. and those are kind of available for you pretty much all the time. But the folks out in the in the county don't have that. Mm-hmm. And so there's so many volunteers out there that they're not getting paid. They're leaving their homes. They're leaving their work. They're going out there. They're working three or four. They're doing everything that folks in the pay departments do. but ain't nobody to take care of them. Right. So that's, that, that was the whole concept of, of what we wanted to, to get going. And, and we've done pretty good with it. You know, it's just
1: one of the things that, um, uh, unless, unless you've been on, A scene, catastrophes, major Mm -hmm. fire—you know those kind of floods, tornadoes. I mean, the list goes on and on. And we never know what's going to happen here in Sumner County, or you know, at any time. Especially with the winds we've had here the last few days. I mean, it's just one of those things you you can cause havoc and things that will pop up. But to know that this organization uh, is available to help our personnel that are out Mm -hmm. there—and look, it's a hard job. I mean, there's no question about it. Whether you're EMS, fire, police, whatever the the case, if those folks on the scene are are dealing with something. And we're going to continue to talk more about this and really get into exactly what it is you do. Right after this, we'll have more with Sumner County Spotlight. Stand by. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. Welcome back to Summer County Spotlight. We're going to continue this conversation, which I am just so excited about. And we're talking to Chuck Swan. He is the, I guess, vice president or president now?
0: President now. So the
1: president of the Summer County Fire Buffs Rehab 83. I just am so fascinated at everything that you guys do. So tell everybody so they, they can understand kind of the process, what happens if the if you get a scene, you hear about it, or you dispatch to it. Does somebody find out and they call you or how does all that work?
0: The service that we provide, uh, I think we spoke briefly. About it earlier was uh, when fire police and EMS are on extended scenes in harsh environment uh, weather conditions and stuff, they need hydration. They need water, Gatorade, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. If it's cold, they might need hot chocolate or coffee, but they also need food. They need snacks and fruit and whatever we can supply with them that, that nourishes them. So they can complete the job and go back to the halls and, and, and homes safely as they can. So so what we do is we receive a call uh, if a fire department requests us and any fire department in this county can request us as as well as Robertson County, we help them out as well. And uh, so they can call, uh, we're dispatched through Sumner EMS. Uh, we have three vehicles. They're old ambulances, and so we run out of those for, for the time being, and uh, we carry all of our stuff. We respond to the call. We meet with command, whoever's command or whoever called us out. We will try to meet with them, try to set up somewhere near, with table or whatever we need okay. to do, the EMS crew. That way they've got them on the health end. We've got them on, on the hydration end and stuff like that. So we, we kind of put that hand in hand. And when we started this, primarily everybody had been either a first responder or a firefighter, an EMS worker. So we've all had a lot of medical training. So we get to see situations that may be developing with somebody that is about to hit the ground. So these are all volunteers. Yes, we're yeah. all volunteers. Wow. And uh, uh, none of us are paid or anything like that. And so that's what we do. We go out there on the scenes and just whatever they need, we try to make it for them. If they're going to be there long enough, we won't just give them snacks. We'll go to a local restaurant. If we can get it donated, we'll get food donated for them, or we'll buy it one or the other. We'll figure out a way to get it for them. So the Fire Buffs is a non-profit. It's a nonprofit organization. Okay. All right. And like I said, it was started primarily by a group of pretty much all firefighters or ex firefighters When mm-hmm. I say ex talking, retired mm-hmm. women, uh, Re- they're never retired. Well, right? we're never yeah. retired. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. that, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me of that again. But, uh, but the, the thing that we do is we're service oriented. Mm-hmm. And if you have a passion for service, well, we got a spot for you. We can use you. Uh, cause we need help for sure. But, uh, but that's what it's all about. It's so somebody about that's service.
1: not an ex-firefighter or current, they, they could anybody volunteer and anybody. you'll teach them what they need to do yes. and, you know, we, protocol we, and all that good stuff. We right? have
0: training. All right. Everybody has to complete uh, at a minimum. Uh, when they start <laughs> with us, they go through a background check. And then once they do that, uh, one of the first things we do is uh, they take what's called a Vanessa Kay free driving class. Vanessa Kay started years ago. A young girl and her mom, uh, a fire truck actually ran through a red light on their end and they didn't see them, and unfortunately, the young lady died. Mm. Well, they came out with this law, so all emergency responders have to do this training. Okay, uh, it's online, and then there's also a driving course. So okay. we let them do that first. I'm a CPR instructor, so we do all the CPR and stuff like that in case we need okay. that. Yep. Uh, and then we also they have to drive the trucks and sign off on the trucks and. And so, and we and we try to give other training as well. We've had uh, training on hot and cold emergencies for health, mm-hmm. things like that. So we just do a number of things that uh, we do a lot of events, everything from attending chamber meetings, various parts of the okay. county and stuff, to parades, to we even do training events. So we've had uh, police and fire call us and ask us, can we set up for the day with them while they're doing this training? Because it's real hot or something like that, and we'll keep them hydrated mm-hmm. all day and you know things like that. Yeah,
1: so. I've seen you guys in the parades. Oh yeah, <clears throat> I've done that. That's 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 good. And then people just need to know more about this and that it's really out there. So if somebody wanted to get involved, either they want to volunteer. Or if they want to drop a couple million to you, how would they get a hold of you?
0: Oh, would, uh, hey, I'll give my personal <laughs> answer for that. But uh, but yeah, uh, we're on Facebook, of course. Okay. Uh, we've got a site on there, so you can look up uh, Sumner County Fire Bus, Rehab 83, and find us that way. Or if you know any of us that are on the, the Rehab truck now, you can contact us or any okay. previous person that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe we still have a website. I, I'm not 100% sure on that because I'm terrible with computers yeah, anyway. Yeah. But absolutely, if you see us at an event, you know, hook up with us. Our Probably our next big event that we're going to do is the Strawberry Festival in Portland. Okay. So we'll probably have a booth set up up there, and we have a little bit of swag that we have T-shirts and sure. hats and things like that that you can buy them all the money, every dime of it goes to our taking care of the trucks one of the expenses a lot of people don't think about but we carry workman's comp on our people Oh, do you okay uh so we we do at least we at least do that for them they're out there you know bringing their own cars to scenes and stuff if they have to you know whatever it takes we we try to take care of that so we have other expenses other than just food and and drinks and things like that hopefully we get most of that donated so yeah
1: well absolutely and so if, if if they wanted to donate to it, they if just look up on Facebook, you'll find everything. Yes. Everybody goes Facebook. I think on they Facebook got a QR anyway. code
0: on there. The whole nine yards. Yeah, that's great. Venmo, yeah. all that good stuff. PayPal.
1: Do you guys have uniforms?
0: Uh, we do have a shirt. Okay, uh, mine's in the car. Didn't bring it today. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't wear it. But yes, we have T-shirts. Is the biggest thing we do because everybody's most comfortable in those. They're all mm-hmm. red have a design on them so you can recognize us. Uh, we sell gray ones. I think, I don't know if we have, there's two kinds of gray, I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. but we actually sell some shirts like that and hats that uh, that you can get to, to to recognize us. But yes, we do have a, a uniform, that sort of uniform that we wear. So it's usually khakis. And the board members, we all have really nice polo shirt type okay. uniform shirts that addresses who we are and our titles. And everybody else has the, t- and you get a t-shirt too when you when you sign up with okay. us. So.
1: so I guess it's really hard to tell How many times you are going to work? Because, I mean, you can get a call right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And these are not just little house fire. This is an extended thing. So extended would be a flooding situation, Mm -hmm. a tornado, Mm -hmm. you know, major fire of major complex or something of that nature.
0: Yeah, just a few months ago, remember when it was dry and hot, Mm -hmm. what were we having? We had wind and we had fire in the woods all over this county, all yeah. over Robertson County. All, every county in Tennessee was experiencing you know, bad, uh, many acres of, of land burning or or the trees and the forest mm-hmm. and all that. So we've gone out on that. We have assisted PD with manhunts. Uh, we have assisted PDs on standoffs. We're nowhere near the scene, of course, mm-hmm. but, but we do provide somewhere near their command. We we have stuff for them so that... You know, because everybody everybody needs this stuff. Fires, we've done that. We've done bad car wrecks. We're like a semi that's overturned. They're going to be there a while. Sure. Because we're volunteers, we, we have some volunteers that have been dedicated enough to where if they're out there for six or seven hours, they'll they'll stay. Okay.
1: So the commander on scene is charge of that scene. We'll actually get on there and request, yeah. hey, call a fire boss. If they request go. us, okay.
0: then we do everything we can. Now, we're volunteer. We can't make everything. We understand that. We hope everybody else does. The more volunteers we get, the, the better chance we have to to not miss any scenes. But we do everything we can. One thing, like when it snows, there's a handful of us. I don't mind being out in the snow and ice. It never mm-hmm. bothered me. Mm-hmm. So we actually keep stuff in our some of our vehicles. Okay. And uh, uh so if our trucks we won't let them run during the snow. Uh so some of us will still try to attempt to to go to scenes in our in our personal cars. So at least wow. they can get something.
1: Well, that's dedication.
0: Yeah, well. That's <laughs> called got, service.
1: You got to love it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. So over the incredible. years there's been many scenes that you've come across. There's got to be a couple that kind of stick in your mind that was just like wow. We're so glad we were here. You know, maybe some of the stories that you you guys helped out with.
0: One of the first ones that that just really stands out to me, and it's not a big deal to most people, but in in Hendersonville, we'd always had, most of the time we had coolers and water and ice. Every morning we filled those up, put them on the engine. So we kind of had that stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, generally speaking, the ambulance would be there and we would have the towels. And so you could dip them in the cold water, put them around your neck and cool down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to cool down too fast, but it would it would help you and kind of get you refreshed. Well, the first time that I was on the scene, it was hot, bitter. I mean, terribly hot. It was a group of volunteers. They're fighting a, a really bad house fire. Two or three of them laying on the ground. I mean, they're done, basically, mm-hmm. health-wise. And so I said, hey, put this coat towel around your neck. And they, no. Well, the fire service... Is notorious for being what we call macho, and so you sometimes you yes. just your pride takes the best of you. So yeah. finally, I talked this one volunteer into putting one around his neck, and you'd have thought I gave him a million dollars. He's turned around going, "Buddy, you need to get one of these," and then it started from there. And so, you know, little by little, well, I noticed this other gentleman. We actually had him checked out by the uh, by the ambulance. He didn't have any hair, didn't have a hat on. And it that sun was beaming, and I seen him sitting on top of the standing on top of the engine pumping for everybody. I just I was watching him burn up, and I was like, it's got to be sun. So I I brought my personal car to that scene, and I went, wait a minute. I had my golf umbrella in the car, so I went and got it, fixed it on top of the pumper to where he could stand under shade. And you thought I'd gave him a million dollars? <laughs> well, that's when it hit me. Yeah. Why we need to be doing what we do because Absolutely. they're giving their heart and soul to something. They're not even getting paid to do that. Mm-hmm. And but even the ones that are getting paid, they need it too. Everybody needs this. And I saw that with those simple little things. It mm-hmm. was like, wow, they, a cold wet towel. They weren't even thinking about that. No. It wasn't even in their in their you know vocabulary. And, right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wow, this helps. This yeah. is really nice. So
1: so with the fire buffs right here in Sumner County, do you have a like a physical location? I mean, you have to store the trucks, I mean, I'm sure, but you don't have like offices and things like that.
0: No, we don't have any offices. We generally keep one of the trucks uh, at Shackle Island Fire Department, just, just outside outskirts of Hendersonville mm-hmm. there, off Long Hollow Pike. Box three, we've actually had box three in Springfield for a while, uh, but we lost our, our main volunteers that took care of our truck over there. So we've got it in the shop right now, unfortunately. And then our other truck resides at our, we have a, a gentleman who him and his family, they're they're really dedicated, and he drives. He takes care of that truck for us, so it sits at his house uh, yeah. up in Portland, just okay. outside of Portland. And so we have one at the north end of the county, one at the south end of the county. Uh, then we have a third one that you know, we may try to figure out something uh, with that, but, uh, if anybody out there has a place that we can store them inside, we would love that because yeah. uh, they're diesels and yeah. they need to be out of the codes. Well, me? I
1: just, I couldn't even imagine what the fuel prices they yeah. are now, what the cost is to fill those things. So donations are yes. gladly accepted yes. <laughs> to cover yes. this stuff. You know, now if you came on the scene, I mean, uh, there's no like funding from the different departments that they can filter in. Not,
0: not per se. No, we don't, yeah. we don't get money like that. Uh, for the most part, I think we did get a small grant from the county this year oh. uh, when they were doing the nonprofits and stuff. But uh, for the most part, it's uh, private donations. When we set up at Boost, people a lot of times will will donate some money to us there. We get a lot of donations of, believe it or not, of Gatorade, water. Not so much the snack, but yeah. you know, if you every time you go to the store, you want to buy a bag of chips or something, I'll I'll take them gladly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we do have a person who's in charge of all of our trucks. And uh, she makes sure that inventory of all of our stuff is done so we don't give anybody stale crackers or mm-hmm. no, we make sure that everything is good on that. And uh, we try to keep like the water and the Gatorade and stuff, we try to keep them out of the sunlight. We don't try to store them out somewhere. Uh, so we do have, sometimes we're storing stuff in our own garages and houses and stuff. Wow.
1: Well, I think it's a great thing that you're doing. I mean, being on scenes in the past, I know you know how crazy it gets and, but having a service like this uh, available and the fact that you're you know covering the PD and the, the- paramedics and things like that, I mean, everything is uh, covered under this, then you're helping them out because these scenes get pretty yeah. long and drawn out, especially when you're, you're sitting around waiting, especially in standoffs or things that were just unpredictable that are happening. The fact that y'all are there, I mean, I'm sure it's very comforting to everybody. So all thing I say is keep doing what you're doing, man.
0: If anybody wants to volunteer, please reach out. Like I said, everybody in Hendersonville knows me. So if you want yeah. to volunteer, you know how to find me. You'll find somebody that knows me. Just ask for uh, Chuck
1: Swan, everybody. Just say it over and over again. Somebody's yeah, we'll going to know. sign you it.
0: up. <laughs> (laughs) We will sign you up.
1: And check them out on Facebook, uh, Sumner County Fire Buffs Rehab 83. Well, Chuck, thank you so much for coming in, and thanks for coming out of retirement to come talk to us. Well, thank you for Whatever that is.
0: Thank you very much.
1: (laughs) All right, that's going to wrap it up for this uh, segment of Sumner County Spotlight. I'm your host, Jeff Shannon. Please join us again next week at 10 a.m. right here for more of Sumner County
0: Spotlight. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.